Hello, and welcome to episode four. One, two, three, four. Wow, four already. Where does the time go? Apparently, four successful weeks. Yes, yes. (laughs) I I think successful is a good adjective here. Yeah, I think so. The numbers seem to point to it, and uh, yeah. No. Go ahead. No, you go right ahead, sir. I was going to say thanks. uh, Thanks, everyone, for downloading once again. Uh, What did you watch this week with uh, me? My name's Mike. My uh, cohort, John. And uh, John, go ahead. Start with the uh, what you wanted to start with. This yeah. Week. Normally, we would just jump right in because we're kind of laid back. We just say, hey, what'd you watch this week? But we kind of have to take a moment here to respect the fact that our listeners have actually been sending us feedback on some of the stuff that we've done and do a few corrections and omissions here. Now, I'm not perfect. I don't think Mike ever claims to be perfect. So no. occasionally we make mistakes, but we like to learn from them. So, for instance, one of the listeners this week let us know that uh, I've been mispronouncing completely the uh, angel friend in Lucifer. Um, it's it, His name is Amenadiel, and I have been saying Andariel, which it turns out that Andariel is one of the lesser evils from the Diablo series of games. Yeah, and female. So that, that was completely wrong. It's Amenadiel. Um I was also, uh, it was pointed out to me that we've been talking about how they keep coming up with excuses for Lucifer to uh, join in the investigations, but somebody pointed out that a couple weeks back, we uh, we had Don Olivieri doing a guest stint as like the chief of police in that district, and she really wants bigger political aspirations, so she signed him on as a civilian consultant to help work with all of these cases. In return, he is going to get her more favor with the minority populations. <clears throat> no, and I do remember that happening. However, if you've noticed, unless it affects him personally, he doesn't care about being involved. Right, right. So, and I do recall that because he slept with her to get that to happen that way because he <laughs> wanted to be involved in a certain case. But then again, who hasn't he slept with to get what he wants? Exactly. But the, the, the catch of it is all is is that unless it interests him personally – then he doesn't care about investigating it whatsoever. Right, right. And that's kind of his self-serving thing. I think more the point was people wanted us to know that there is technically a reason there. It's just that it's more his self-serving nature. So I appreciated it. Right, right. No, no, I do. But I guess what I guess I didn't clarify myself enough for saying is that they have to come up with a new reason every week to make him care about wanting to look into it. Right. Otherwise, he doesn't – because, like, we've had cases already where – at the beginning, he's like, whatever, and he just leaves because this doesn't interest him. It's not fun. And then, you know, later on, it finds out, oh, well, is someone bro- they broke into my storage container. So right. now I'm interested yes. in this. So. Yes. So keep well, them coming, listeners. Thank you for, yeah. the, uh, for the updates and the corrections. It lets us know that you really care about what we're listening to. Absolutely. So, John. Yes. What did you watch this week? Oh, gosh. I, I watched too much stuff. I, I actually, this morning, found myself binging more Daredevil and oh, said, nice. said, John, you've got to get a life because you're just watching too much stuff. Yeah, honestly, I, I think if I didn't have uh, the ability to watch stuff at work at night during the downtimes, I wouldn't yeah. watch as much. And I'm very jealous about that because I keep thinking, yeah. how is he getting so much more watch than me? But you definitely have that advantage. Yes, I do. I do because, like, this week I was on my 10-hour rotations. My wife was out of town. So I don't think I did much of anything at when I wasn't at work right. besides, like, run kids around or get ready for work or sleep. So Gotcha. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll kick it off like I normally do the walking dead. Um, 
this week's episode that I watched was the penultimate episode. Uh, we've got the finale coming on this Sunday, and uh, it's pretty exciting. However, the episode was not. Um, the episode was kind of a snooze fest. And Jeez, that's two weeks in a row where you've said that. Yeah, yeah, and they really uh, they made some stupid decisions in this. Um, this episode was one of the first times I, in a while that I found myself scratching my head going, what were they thinking? Were, were the writers just really trying to get them into bad situations because this doesn't seem like stuff these people would have done. I don't know. I just felt that like the, the whole Daryl storyline, I'll just say that the whole Daryl storyline felt really contrived and silly to me. So it didn't work well for me. And it really felt like this episode was there for no other reason than to set up the finale. So I didn't like that, but well, Oh, well they can't all be winners. Yeah, and I'm sure the finale tonight's going to be pretty amazing. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm stoked sure, for that. I'm sure you're going to enjoy that. While yes. I'm WrestleMania with Paul. <laughs> you have fun watching WrestleMania. I will have fun watching the introduction oh, I, of Megan. I, I certainly will. <laughs> so, uh, Mike. Yeah. What did you watch this week? Well, I watched my regular company minute shows. Yep. I did watch uh, one new show I hadn't watched ever before. So we'll okay. talk about that later. Excellent. Actually, sorry. I guess I technically watched three new shows I never watched before. Wow. Um, but one is one in particular that you've been asking me about. Excellent. Uh, but I'm going to start out this week with a documentary I watched on Netflix. Okay. It was called The Barclay Marathon. And essentially what this was is, uh, and this documentary covers the race that occurred in 2012. But this okay. race started back in the mid-80s, I think around 1986 or something like that. And essentially what it's based on is that uh, when uh, Jackie Earl Ray, the yep. guy that assassinated Martin Luther King Jr., he escaped from prison, and he escaped from uh, Bushy Mountain Prison and and was ran off in the woods. And I guess he was off in the woods for about 59 hours or so, and he only managed to cover eight miles. And, this, <laughs> and, and the guy, uh, the guy who the, one of the co-founders, he said, well, I could run 100 miles in that time frame. So this is how the Barclay Marathon started. And essentially what it is is there's a 20-mile lapse through uh, this uh, Frozen Head State Park in Tennessee. And there's gains of each lap goes up 12,000 feet and then down 12,000 feet. I mean, it's like a huge descent up and through all these mountains. And to prove that you actually stayed on the proper course along the way, which incidentally it also cuts through the prison at one point. You have to go through this tunnel underground the prison. Um, there's books, there's 11 book stations and each lap you get a new number and you have to take the corresponding page from that book that matches the number you're assigned and turn it in at the end of the lap to prove that you took the proper course. So does only one person run at a time? Nope. Because like, no, no, no. There's, they have, they, they take about 40 applications a year to do this race. And they say each lap is 20 miles, but realistically, it's like 26 miles almost. And some of it's on um, a path that's like the standard path through the park, but the majority of it's on unmarked trails. And no, they do not mark any trails. They give you a map and a compass, and that's it. You're not allowed to use anything electronic to aid you at all. And there's been over 800 runners and like the since this thing started, and only 14 people have ever finished the entire five laps. Wow. Yeah. So in two of those two people have done it twice. So there's actually been 16 people, 16 total finishers, but only 14 different people. And, um, he has the, the race is broken into two sections, the 60 mile fun run 
and then the hundred mile full course, which again, it's more than that. It's like, it ends up being like 130 miles or something like that. By the time you're done, if you do the whole five laps and it is really kind of interesting, way more interesting to watch than you would think. Hmm. Well, the reason that I had asked about the numbers of people was you said that they have to rip a page out of a book that yeah. corresponds. Is it like one book and each person gets a different page number or is everybody yes. looking for page nope. 40? No, no, no. Every lap you're given a different number. So like, for instance, on the first lap, maybe the numbers are like, you know, one through 80 or something like that. But then the second lap, if you even make it to the second lap, which a lot of people don't, then they have, then the book numbers you get are pretty, you know what I mean? Like it's so each lap, you get a different number and it never overlaps. So that way, you know, like someone's pulling out a page like one, but you have page two type of thing. So like by the time you do the fifth lap, you're probably given page number like 312. So these are big books. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like a uh, terrible waste of a book. <laughs> Well, he uses books that are like, you know, like Out of the Woods or uh, Give Up Hope or have weird titles like that that coincide somehow with uh, the race. So I gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of neat. What's funny is the guy that started the race has never actually completed it. <laughs> and um, the application fee consists of uh, it's a dollar sixty. One dollar and sixty cents. Plus, you have to submit if you're a first timer, submit the license plate for wherever you're representing, whatever country or state, and then you have to buy uh, the race founder an article of clothing. It could be a white shirt that year, it could be a flannel shirt, it could be socks, whatever it is that he's he's uh, decided. This but, uh, sounds rather insane. It is, and it, I mean that in the most insane way. Yeah, it really is. So. Um, and the race officially starts once uh, race founder Gary Cantrell lights a cigarette. Okay. This, this literally, like, were they sitting around a table and they're like, well, we need to collect entrance fees because if we want legitimacy, we have to go to 60. They didn't break what, down what, how what? that number came about, but uh, they, he broke down how uh, the clothing thing, because, you know, he needed new shirts. Wow. Or once he had enough white shirts, he needed some socks. I never thought of that. I usually just go to the store myself, but I guess it's one way to do it. I'm gonna yeah, right. race, and I need so, pants right now. So, but it's kind of it's kind of interesting, and it's a good documentary. It's inter you know, it's it's uh, and this is not a joke either. I mean, the people that do it take it deadly serious, and it's it's all walks of life that are trying to do this thing, and it's 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 pretty darn interesting. So it's on Netflix. Uh, called the Barclay Marathon. It's worth checking out. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. That, that sounds interesting. <laughs> if any of our listeners uh, do run this marathon or have thought about it, don't take my comments as any indication that it is an insane thing. Just my way of looking at the way that they've come across the general public, I guess. Yeah, no, it is pretty insane, actually. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> At least we can agree on that. It is. It, it really is. Um, well, see, we already brought him up. I want to talk about Lucifer this week. Yes. I actually like this week better. Yes, I did too. Um, I, you know, it was a good story. Yep. I hated that he got burned by fire because he is the devil after all. Yeah, that part kind of bothered me as well. Yeah, but maybe it was because he was holding Chloe while it happened. And so maybe it's still like, you know, she affects him in a way with which we don't understand fully right which honestly they better start getting to because yeah this can't be the ongoing mystery throughout the whole series yeah. 
because I actually enjoyed the first few episodes where it showed like him getting shot and it didn't bother him. Yeah, that's what you because, want. Your devil, you know. Yeah, because he's the devil. Like I, I shouldn't feel like the character of the devil is should be put in peril for any reason. Right, he's the devil. Yep. Um, also, I just want to throw out there the reason why you don't let someone handcuff themselves, and the, and there's also a reason why they handcuff people behind the back. Right. You know, just want to throw that one out there. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense <laughs> for people um, who have watched the episode. I, I loved seeing Rebecca De Mornay back on the screen as yep. uh, the crazy mother. Although, after seeing Arrow and seeing Felicity's mother, you know, it almost feels like that seems to be the trope that they're going with recently. You know, strong woman who has the crazy mother who was never there for her. Yeah, I didn't even recognize her at first. I did right off. Well, I knew that I knew her from somewhere. And yep. then once her mouth started moving, I said, oh, that's Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah, I didn't recognize her at first. It bothered me. I had to look it up. And then I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So. I uh, I continue to love Trixie as one of the best characters on the show because she's just such an honest little kid. Yes. I, yes. I, I love Maze pouring her a drink. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is this a Shirley that Temple drops well. a cherry in? It is now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Precisely. And then Maze was like talking to the psychiatrist. She's like, I made a friend today, a 10-year-old girl. That was great. I loved it. Uh, so, uh, Gotham, did you watch Gotham? Yeah, I watched Gotham. Yeah? Yeah. Well, okay, tell me why you have such a, uh, yeah. Well, my first thought watching Gotham, and I actually called somebody else in to watch it with me and said, look at this, how is Gordon getting hair product in prison? <laughs> He's already hated enough, but his hair was immaculate every day. And they showed the passing of time day in, day out, trying to show that he's been doing this for a while. And his hair was always perfect. And that hair takes a lot of work. Look at that. I mean, he has a nice quaff of hair. And every day it was like immaculate, like he was ready for a magazine cover. It bothered okay. me. That's not what I took away from that. It didn't even <laughs> cross my mind. Uh, what I had was this is the beginning showing Gordon's Jair routine was stupid. Yep. I, I I don't know why they even bother doing that. It was dumb. If they're trying to make him a sympathetic character, it's a fail for me. Yeah. Because, you know, he killed Gallivant at the right. end of the day. He actually murdered someone. He yes. kind of deserves to be in prison. <laughs> right. You know, maybe he's in prison for someone he didn't kill, but he still killed someone. Right. So he's not, you know, it's like, oh, I don't feel bad. He's wrongly accused. Nah, he's, it's almost like the OJ style. He's in prison finally for something that he did, but uh, it wasn't the right thing. And he kind of wanted to go to prison anyway. He kind of knew he was guilty. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I'd say maybe he could feel less guilty about things, but they break him out of prison by the end. So he's right. like, oh, I guess we're okay then. Yeah. I would have liked yeah. it better if they had said, like, three months later. You know, so yeah. we could have, I would have been happy with that. He's been well, here no, for there three was, months. There was a passage of time. I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't, there was a passage of time. I think it was a couple of months. Was it? Yeah, I really think it was. Okay. Um, then I accept that, but you're yeah. right. I didn't like the whole routine. However, you know. I did hate that, oh, now the prison is corrupt because every institution in Gotham City is corrupt, from the mayor's office to the police department to the Arkham Asylum, and now the prison is also corrupt. It's th that, that aspect of it all it gets really old. It does get old, but it, you know, if you're basing it on the comic books, that's kind of how it is. I mean, Gotham was a supremely corrupt system. I, I'm Fair not enough. saying it's great, but it is technically you know, accurate to the world that we're trying to portray. It could also be because you see that in everything. Like, when was the last time you saw a prison system on TV or in a movie that wasn't corrupt? Yeah, no, you're true. true. So That's, it almost feels like true. it's beating us over the head. Yeah. But um, 
the, the whole but Penguin story, you know, because yes. it was basically those two stories. It was Jim in prison and it was Penguin. It, yeah. They really upped the creepazoid factor. Like, it almost felt like circus sideshow kind of creepy stuff going on inside the Penguin Manor. I wasn't a big fan, personally. Were you? Um, I, I didn't like the fact that they killed Penguin's dad already. Hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like they killed him way too fast. Because, like, they just brought him in and now they've already killed him. But I know that's going to be the catalyst to get Penguin to return back to being the Penguin. Yeah. I still, yeah. you're right though. It just seemed too sudden. Like yeah. they tried to lay the groundwork that this has been a plan going on for a long time. He had the heart yeah. pills and you get to see that very obvious shot of her switching them out with Altoids or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, you know that, Ooh, something's happening and she's trying to kill him and get all of his money. And now this kid's going to ruin everything. But it just seemed forced, like really fast, way too fast. Um, so I know last week I talked about Blind Spot. Now I think it's getting old. I still can't see it lasting as a concept, especially with the main focus just being on Jane's tattoos. Right. Um, but I did like this week's story because there okay. was a lot of progression on as to who, uh, who she is. And it was less and less to do with the tattoo aspect of it all. So I think if they start doing more of those type of episodes and, and focusing less on the tattoos, maybe it'll work. But again, the whole premise is her tattoos, so I don't know. I'll, I'll just keep watching it when I have time, I guess. Perhaps they uh, listened to our podcast and heard your concerns, and so reshot this episode to be less focused on tattoos. I'm just going to go with, yeah, that's probably exactly <laughs> what happened. Um, well, I, I'd like to kick it up a happier notch and say that this week's episode of Supergirl was phenomenal. Oh, It was so much fun. Yes, it was. It was a fantastic. Fantastic episode. It, it felt like what they really needed, you know, the energy that they, that Barry infused in that show and the fact yes. that they let Melissa Beno, uh, Benoist be so goofy as Kara yes. with him around. Yes, it was awesome. She was so excited to have like, another superhero around. Yeah, and all the little things that they'd geek out about, you know, he'd be yes. like, is that a spaceship? That's my spaceship. Yes, I love it. it. I love the so interaction cute. of the two of them. It was fantastic. I just, I, I liked when he ran and got them ice cream. She got all excited because she was having ice cream. <laughs> right. Like she could never have ice cream before, but yeah, it was yeah. the fact that he she had it to her so quickly. Yep. Yep. Um, I loved when you could hear the flash music playing at the cutaways and everything. Yes. yes. I loved how they would do that. Like when he first got introduced and then later on and everything, I thought that was great. <laughs> um, there's just so much I loved about this episode. Adjectives don't describe it enough. Yeah. Uh, it I love fun, good TV. I loved Kat calling them an attractive yet racially diverse cast of a CW show. Yes. Since Arrow's great. on the CW. It was just so perfect, the little tongue-in-cheek yep. things. I guess there's they actually had more scenes with Barry and Kat, but they cut them for some reason. But she just tore him apart in those yes. scenes. And I can see that, and it sounded great yeah. to me. <laughs> I really liked... Um... You know, Cat obviously figured out immediately that Barry was the Flash. Right. Oh, the Flash shows up and Barry shows up and, you know, the Flash goes away and Barry goes away. So uh, I thought it was great. I love how they decided to call him the Blur. And he's yes. like, the Flash? <laughs> no. The Flash yeah. sounds like some guy in a trench coat waiting to jump out of an alley. Exactly. <laughs> and then the Blur, of course, a throwback to uh, yes. Smallville. Yeah, and then when he was naming... Uh, when he was naming, like, the uh, the different people, like, you know, do you, like, do you, know, do you have... You know, Arrow here, right? Black Canary, and he he mentioned Adam. Yes. Yeah. So I wonder if that's a a nod to what might be happening in the future, because I mean, it is the same showrunners for all the shows, right? So the continuity stays between them all. 
Well, yeah, and if you're talking Adam, I mean, he's met Ray Palmer in uh, in Arrow, you know, in yeah. Star City. Yeah, so I think I like how they, they cut between, you know, he's not naming just people from yes. Central City. He's naming people from Star City as well, so I thought that was great. I don't know, I just, I love the episode. <laughs> I, I loved it at the end when they went to have the showdown, and Barry's like, let's all settle this like women, and she's like, what? Well, there's, well, more, there's more than me. me. <laughs> Um, there were two things that I didn't like in the episode and I'm not trying to be nitpicky here, but you know, we can say it was an amazing episode and it really was, but I didn't like how over the top they went with silver Banshee's look. Oh yeah. That was extreme. Yeah. I mean, colored contacts, wig, face paint, face paint is totally not effective when you're doing fighting. I mean, the first time you get punched, it's going to smear, or if you're sweating, it's going to start running. It just seemed overly articulate for something that should have been simple. Right, because it made it seem like they were just going to throw something together. This yeah. Was not, that would seem to be very well thought out in advance. Right, especially if you look at Livewire's outfit, which is basically just normal clothes with rips in the jeans where you assume electricity fried it away. Right. Versus face paint and glaringly white contacts. It just, it was way too much. Yeah. Uh, and secondly, the uh, the ending with Myriad, I felt was a cop-out. Yeah. Yeah, the the finally they're going to have their kiss and they have their kiss and then he's mind controlled zombie who wanders out of the apartment. So now we have to wonder: Are they going to pull that age old trope where, oh, he doesn't remember any of it? Doesn't remember any of it? No, yeah, I didn't consider that. Yeah, I I hope they don't go that direction because that would be very disappointing. And then they go back to the will he won't he kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, staying on Flash, I guess. Uh, this week's episode was good. Oh, um, loved it. It was obvious, though, the second Barry went back in time, things weren't going to work out as planned because yes. they never do, and right. it didn't. Nope. <laughs> and uh, I did like the fact that the only change you've seen so far from going back in time to coming to the future is now that Hartley's a good guy. Yeah. Because it really shows that all the metahumans, you know, that their powers didn't make them evil or didn't make them good. It just made them who they are, and, you know, and they could fall on either side of that yes. threshold, depending on what happens to them. And yep. uh, so I thought that was great. Yeah. So the little bits that they did in the past, you know, where he changed it to treat him a little bit nicer or have him work with them seems yep. to have had great effect. And the fact that it was kind of eluded, like when we first met Hartley, his parents disavowed him. Basically, they didn't want to talk to him because of his yes. sexuality. And now yep. he's like, I'm going to go have dinner with my parents. So you kind of get yeah. the package of the happy ending for him. Yeah, exactly. And it's also a character they can bring come back to in the future. Yes, which would be so really cool. So that was cool. kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously if he wasn't there at the show, they wouldn't have been able to defeat the uh, the uh, time monster there. I the can't think time of reef. Time reef, yeah. Yes. So. But uh, no, I uh, I liked it. It was a really good episode. I liked seeing Tom Cavanaugh back to playing the evil version of Harrison Wells. Yeah. It was yeah, nice seeing really, them. He, he really turned that on well. Yeah. Yeah. And huh, seeing Wells. Eddie back was good. Yes, Yep, that was nice. Uh, I wonder if it's the last we're going to see of him, though. I've long postulated that the man in the iron mask is Eddie. Yes. Possibly and from it makes Earth me one. feel that way more so now that they've shown him again. Yeah, and he showed up on Quantico, and as I said, his character is no longer on Quantico. Yep. So we could be seeing a little bit more of him. He was just doing some work in between, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a question, though. Yeah. Have you ever dealt with anybody who has a wheelchair? Um, not really. Okay. I can't imagine that a wheelchair is too heavy. So while the handcuff that held Barry in place prevented him from phasing through the handcuff, it was yeah. handcuffed to the wheelchair. And I'm wondering yeah. what kept him there, changed that wheelchair. It is, it is Dr. Wells' wheelchair. I mean, yeah. yeah. Somehow anchored to the ground. I don't know. But, yeah, I didn't 
I don't I just recall seeing what he was handcuffed to. But yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I'm sure, like you said, he took precautions. He obviously took precautions to, you know, make that handcuff unvibratable f- for Barry. But right. that was just such a cool thing when he's like, my Barry Allen, I haven't taught him how to phase through objects yet. Yeah. And I, then he helped him yep. begrudgingly. Yep. I did like how he figured out, wait, my plan failed. If you're here, then my plans failed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. It, was, it just continues to show that he is a genius. Yes, he is. Oh, he is a super genius. And I can't even get over it. Yeah. I, I really liked Tom Cavanaugh as that role. I still like him as Harrison Wells now, but this Harrison Wells seems to have less bite to him just because he, does. he doesn't have that sinister side to him. No, he doesn't. But I do like how they differentiate because, like, you know, um, this Harrison Wells. Yep. This version he's playing now, he calls him Alan. Yeah. As opposed to the evil Harrison Wells, which called him Barry. Yes. And, uh, I, so it's how it's just another way to differentiate the two. I think their hair is probably a little different, and then obviously their their demeanor is different. Right. So it was it was interesting seeing playing in both those characters in the same episode. I I think we also have to give a shout out to the fact that um, Cisco was torturing Pied Piper with Rick Astley. That was awesome. That was just so great. <laughs> That was awesome. Cisco's that was hilarious. Cisco's little line. It's like you guys think I have ESP or something. Oh, <laughs> not yet, buddy. Not yet. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, kind of sticking with Flash, but moving on to okay. Arrow. Yes. Brie Larvin. Oh, Brie the Larvin. Flash from, the villain from Flash was on Arrow this week, causing them hate and discontent. That was fantastic. Which was fantastic to see them crossing over like that. Yep. I agree. Yeah. I disagree with her insane use of B puns. Yeah, that was a little over the top. I really thought we were getting like a 1962 Batman thing. I expected, yep. you know, Frank Gorshin's Riddler to jump out and help her. That kind of would have been cool. Yeah, but I mean, it was so over the top that it was almost tragic. Yeah. You know, we're going to be best friends. No, yep. not. Stop that. No, you're not. <laughs> so is Curtis going to be the new Felicity? I hope so. Um, anybody who's read the comics, spoiler alert, knows that Curtis actually became a hero under the name of Mr. Terrific. Yep. The little balls he used uh, as multiple tools. They could do lots of different things for him, but I'm hoping that that's the direction that we're heading in and that, yeah, he can be the new Felicity and she can just take now Smoke Industries into the future where it belongs. Because it kind of makes sense. It gives you that, uh, you know, the, I almost want to say Watchtower, but uh, it's not Watchtower. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was going back. That was going uh, back. It gives you that, you know, the computer savvy person, Overwatch there. Yep. It, you know, in headquarters, helping them out, doing what they need to do. And I do like the fact they reference Cisco in this episode. Yes. I love, I just, I geek out over the little, the little Easter egg drops from one show to another and how they interact and everything. Yeah, the little nods that remind you that they, it is a connected universe. Exactly, yeah. So it's, uh, but yeah, I thought it was a good episode, again, except for all the B references. And uh, I loved watching Curtis, like, geek out over finding out who everyone was and kind of trying to be cool with it. And I just, uh, I thought it was great. He had some really nice parkour moves that could help him out should he go into the field with them as well. Yes. Uh, yes definitely so athletic. Trying yeah, to as he was running from that bee, he definitely showed that. Yep. And uh, Lance, actually, Captain Lance got a shot at being the comic relief in this episode. Yeah, I thought he, that was hilarious. He was doing great. You know, he's like, so can anybody just walk in here? And then he, I can't remember what show he referenced now, and they all just looked at him as, what, like, I'm not allowed to watch movies? Right, exactly. 
Yeah. So it was a fun episode. Yeah, I didn't understand why all of the bees, which were deadly enough as they were, formed together to create Bee Man, I guess. Yeah, that was different. It, because they obviously used an actor in a suit, so it The only thing I can think of, it's the only way they can affect all the bees at once is if they're all joined together and that arrow goes to a part of them. Right. Because they're all interconnected. Yep. I, I could see that. It just seemed kind of odd. If it had been like a man-shaped thing that was clusters of bees flying around, yeah. I, I would have been okay with that more, I guess. It just seemed Maybe. weird to form a solid person. Maybe uh, effects-wise, they couldn't have done that. Mike, you have to say it right. It's maybe, effects-wise, they couldn't have done that. Well played. Yeah. <laughs> I hate myself a little bit more for saying that. You really should. <laughs> uh, it's also, uh, this is the second time, so in Flash and now in this one, they were making Harry Potter references. In Flash, yeah. they were calling the uh, Time Wraith a Dementor, and in this one, you know, they didn't want to say her name, and they were like, "It's she's not Voldemort. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that was kind of neat. But I still liked it. Um, right. And then along those lines, if we're still talking about this shared universe, Legends of Tomorrow. Okay, perfect. Yeah. What did you think about right Legends this week? All right, so I don't understand how Ray becoming a college professor somehow isn't going to affect the timeline. <laughs> unless, of course, it's, you know, maybe him not becoming a teacher would have somehow affected the timeline. Right. You know, uh, I liked how maybe it's his destiny. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked how they brought Ray Shagul back. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Cause he was just our a, first. Go he ahead. Was what? I just, again, it's just, once again, you know, referencing, you know, the Arrow universe, mm -hmm. a character that they've let's left the show is coming back. Yeah. Um, because they've gone back in time. And so he's going to be the Ray Shagul that we know. So I just right. think that's great. Um, gave us our first look ever at Talia Al Ghul. Yep, yep. That was kind of cool because everybody kind of wondered about that when Nissa was introduced on the show. They expected it to be Talia because she's the more well-known of the sisters. And exactly. uh, it never turned out to be. But now we're shown, yes, she does exist in this universe as well. So I wonder if that means we're going to explore her even more at some point? Or is, was that just going to be the only nod to say, yeah, we, we're acknowledging her existence? I don't think that they would have brought in an actual actress and given a name drop like that, like if it had been in passing, you know, no, I only have one daughter and her name is Talia. That yeah. would have been one thing. But to bring in an actress like that, I think that we're going to see some more in the future one way or another. Maybe next season on Arrow or something. Yeah. yeah that would make sense bring, to bring her back. Yeah. It wouldn't be the little girl anymore, obviously. It would be an, an adult, but you know what I mean. Right. Um, I, I just thought this was a really, really good episode. I did too, honestly. This was uh, one of my favorite episodes of legends of tomorrow so far yeah um we found out that you know we find out who chronos is yeah which was the kind of twist that i would expect in a time travel show i mean that was pretty huge right yeah it was huge but it was also well done it made sense because they took the time to explain it without yeah. overly explaining it and it really it made me feel awesome um i felt like it was a good fit for it like you know oh, so all this time our enemy has been you know, right there without us even realizing it. Yeah, exactly. So, and it, it explained how, you know, they didn't, how we, I can't even talk this morning, explained <laughs> how, how he wasn't killed. Right. And what happened to him. So I wonder if they're going to go back and explore even more of the aspect of being trapped by the Time Lords. Right. And, exactly. Um, you know, making him who he was. But yep. yeah, full circle on there. Um, I, I, uh, 
appreciated that they added in that spending too much time in an alien, you know, basically you're not yes. your own time stream kind of warps your mind. Yes. I guess. I mean, yeah, I liked it. With them still being stuck in the you know late 50s, early 60s for two right. years. And definitely Sarah seemed to be affected the most. Yes, she was. And obviously um, Palmer was affected quite a bit. And it makes sense as to how why she wouldn't have been affected as much because of all her past lives. It's easy right. for her to you know go from life to life and everything. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the big reveal this week. Did you catch that? There, there was something, there was one line thrown in there that was like groundbreaking for this show. And that was with um, Kendra letting us know that she used to be a barista. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I mean, that was shocking. I have not heard that every single episode of this show. So it was, <laughs> it just, it blew my mind that she brought it up. Really, really threw you for a loop. Oh, it did completely. I couldn't even get over myself. I was like, whoa. She used to be a barista? I was not aware of this fact. Who cares who Kronos is? She used to be a barista. Yeah. Nice. Um, I kind of was hoping to sound selfish, but I was I was really hoping that Snart sacrificing his hand, you know, freezing it off to get out and go help people, yes. was going to be permanent. Like, I thought that they were going to have him walking around with a stump, and it was going to be kind of like a battle wound. But then they're like, oh, no, Gideon can replace entire limbs. Here you go. Here's another hand. Uh, I but I do like the fact that he sacrificed his own hand yes. to save everybody else. Yes, it was a great move because yes. again that character is still one of my favorites and he's yeah. developing oh, so well. Whereas some of them aren't. You know, yes. Jefferson is just not developing. He's the same moody after teen kid that he was yeah. when he started. I did like it though when they formed Firestorm and then they looked over at Ra's al Ghul and they were like, "Well, it's a long story." Um, um, yeah, and I understood some of Raz's logic, but it just seemed like for an organization like the League of Assassins, where if somebody tries to leave, they get hunted down and killed. Yeah. And he was like, well, obviously, I can tell that you you aren't supposed to be here now, Sarah. So you're released from the league. Go have fun. Yeah, I thought that was a little quick. The only thing I could think of was the fact that he knows that she comes back right. later. Or technically comes there for the first time later. Right. So he's not really – so he maybe he's thinking I must have – there must have been a good reason why she was released the first time. Right. <laughs> Spoiler so, alert. You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that could have be been – The reason why, yeah. I mean I'm surprised he didn't ask that. If he knew that these people were from the future, I'm surprised that somebody who's lived this long wasn't like, hey, why don't you give me a little spoiler? Pre no, I because I think he's so egotistical and the fact that he's been alive for so long, it would never – you know, even can uh, he would never even consider the fact that he's dead. True. Because he's always used the Lazarus Pit to stay alive. Right. So I just – I don't feel like he would even think that that's a possibility so it wouldn't cross his mind. Hmm. I guess I could see that. Yeah. Uh, I was questioning, though, I actually wrote it down, when Kendra and Ray are having the picnic in the park, and suddenly the Wave Runner appears overhead yeah. in a big flash and with fire shooting out of it and lands in the middle of the park. I'm like, this is a park on a beautiful day. Are you telling me nobody there saw a spaceship touchdown? Well, they did say that uh, there was reports of a UFO landing, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, and nobody came running around it. I would have yeah. been first on the scene if that was me. I don't know. I see, I think the, I think they just cut away too fast. I, yeah. I I don't think they just wait, stayed there long enough because literally it went from them sitting there to oh they're on the ship and the ship is gone. Right. You know, off looking for Sarah. So, right. but I think they just decided to skip having to deal with all that storyline and then they had you know 
a quick reference to it so that way he could find them. Ah, I still want to poke holes in it. <laughs> All right, go right ahead. You know what we never talked about on Arrow, though? We kind of really talk? skipped over Damien Dark and yeah. becoming the new boss in prison, which wasn't really a surprise. Nope. Because it actually surprised me when he got beat up the first time. Right, right. But I think he kind of had to do that because he was testing the waters. Can we just both agree that Neil McDonough is amazing in whatever he does? Yes, no matter what role he's playing in, he plays it perfectly. Yeah, but in this case, amazing. I I love the fact that Hive has officially turned their back on him, like, at the drop of a hat. They're like, yep, don't need you anymore. I, I think you'll find that he doesn't take that very very well. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think you are correct in that. Now, do you think it's weird that we're dealing with Hive on both Arrow Universe and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Universe? Yes. Yes, I do. Two distinct bad guys, organizations, people, whatever, and they're going by Hive. I think that that just goes back to when these comics first came out in the 60s and 70s, you know, the the naming convention that they came up with, they didn't have a lot of stuff like cell wasn't a big thing back then. You know, you didn't have a lot of talk about cells, whether they be human cells or plant cells or whatever. But hive, you know, a hive of bees instantly draws up images of lots of worker bees, one queen. You know, it's really a good thing for a comic book kind of stuff. Yeah, no, that's true. It is. It is. But uh, it's, I don't know, it's just funny because they're both called the Hive, and yet there's two very completely different, very <laughs> distinctive uh, things going on. That's right. And uh, it, speaking of which, I kind of liked S.H.I.E.L.D. this week. You kind of liked S.H.I.E.L.D. this week? I kind of liked S.H.I.E.L.D. this week. I thought See, it was a good episode. I put, I put it's an okay episode. It yeah. just didn't do much for me. No, it didn't. And I'll tell you, my first disappointment came right in the beginning when these guys had paintball guns that caused the building to implode. Um, yeah. I was really excited about that because I thought that that was a throwback to the technology used in Ant-Man. And I thought we were going to be having crossover here with the Pym Particles because you remember in Ant-Man they had that building that they detonated the C4 and it caused the whole building to implode basically through the shrinking particles. Yes. So I thought that's what we were getting, and it really excited me. But then when it turned out that it was just some guy who created some stuff that could cause implosions, it kind of lost a little luster. Yeah. Uh, Especially when um, uh, Fitz got hit with one on the neck. And then they had all the time in the world to disarm it. Right, exactly, because for whatever reason, didn't go off right away. I mean, I know they gave us some sort of justification to it, but... They injected that stuff in his, into it, and it yeah. slowed it down. Yeah, and then they were able to just take... I mean, like, okay, she had some pinpoint precision accuracy when she was firing <laughs> that liquid nitrogen on that. And right. It didn't, and it's all misshapen and it didn't burn his neck at all. Yeah. I've had liquid nitrogen applied to my skin before. Okay, I had a skin tag removed, and I've had liquid nitrogen, and that stuff burns, and it leaves marks. So I call BS. So uh, yeah, that was that was one thing. So that's why again, I, I just put it as it was an okay episode. It just didn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah, it gave us a bit more of Max background. Uh, yeah, kind of made us care about him a little bit more, you know, with the son, the brother and. The, the name and Max Brothers really wishy washy going from, you know, thinking that uh, the watchdogs are awesome. The, yeah, the watchdogs are awesome. And by the end, oh, wait, no, they're not. They're bad. My brother's awesome. <laughs> I hope we don't see him again. Yeah, I, like I will. 
I kind of hope we don't. <laughs> I feel like we're going to see this guy again. Yeah. And that's too bad. <laughs> so uh, one of the new shows I watched this week yes. was called The Path. Okay. And a couple of people I know had watched it, talked about how they liked it. It's a Hulu original series. comes out every Wednesday. They've already had two episodes posted so far. Uh, yep. And essentially the opening – okay, so it opens up in apparently Ringe, New Hampshire. And we don't know what's happened, but some sort of travesty or tragedy has happened. And we're not really sure what it is. They tell us later. It's, it's a tornado apparently went through. Apparently a big enough tornado in New Hampshire to just rip the town apart, which I, I – it's New Hampshire. That doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. Not the way it was here. We've lived up in this area our whole lives. We've never heard of yeah, that. Exactly. And so essentially, like, all these people show up in vans with the same logo of the stylized eyeball on their shirt. And they just go right to town helping people. And apparently they gathered up all the people that didn't get killed or whatever and brought them back to Parksdale, New York. Uh, which we find out after the opening credits. And I don't know. I, I didn't even finish this first episode. I tried. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm even going to go back to it. Why is that? I don't know if it's the pace. I don't know if it's like I watch superhero shows. I have the ability to suspend disbelief in things. Right. And like, okay, Parksdale, New York is like 250 miles from Range, New Hampshire, and these people showed up like immediately after it happened. <laughs> So my first initial thought is like, all right, so did they know about it somehow? But we don't explore that at all. And it's apparently it is a cult that because it seems like a cult based on this big opening prayer they had around the table. And it was about going into the light and leaving their bodies and. Hold on. Sorry, sneeze. And. Yeah, it's just. Were they serving Kool-Aid at this group prayer? They were having a big meal, and there was liquid in glasses. Excellent. And essentially, it centers around this one guy's come back to the sect after being gone for a while. And I guess it seems like he's been cheating on his wife. But it's just confusing. And even the commercials for it are confusing. And I'm not 100% sure what it's about. And the reason why I started watching it is because someone had mentioned like it was similar to like the following Okay. And I really enjoyed the following. I know not everyone did, but I enjoyed it. I did for the first couple seasons, yeah. Yeah, and then it got really convoluted. Yes. I agree. Um, but this, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to put any effort into trying to watch some more of it. Well, I think part of that, if I'm going to be bold here, is the fact that you said right in the beginning that it's a Hulu original series, but they have a new episode every week. Yeah. Now, the success stories these days seem to be the original series that come out and you can binge watch them. Yeah. People have, by and large, spoken that they want to binge watch things. You know, Daredevil, House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, you know, all these different shows that come out as Netflix originals or Hulu originals, and you can watch every episode right at once yeah. or at your own pace. I mean, and yeah, I guess you're right there, because think about it. When we watch a show and one of us finds out that it's a two-part episode. We immediately tell the other person, hey, just let you know, you know, Castle this week's a two-part episode. Exactly. And which, again, which then I wait for the following week to watch it so I can watch both episodes together. Right, because it's better that way. It's better yeah. to be able to watch the continued story all at once. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's just something about the being, it's only, it was just only like, you know, a standard like 45 minute episode and it's still like, it couldn't keep my attention enough to want to put the effort into watching it. Yeah. And you've got enough going on in your life that you don't need to waste yeah. your time on shows like that. I know. Cause I technically have added a new show. It's a Netflix show. Yep. It's called the ranch. I've seen the previews for that and it looked interesting. Yeah. It's a Netflix original series. It stars Sam Elliott as the father of the household and he's just great in general. And then Deborah Winger, we find out is his wife and uh, or estranged wife. I was going to say, I like how you say that because it makes it sound like it's a mystery to be solved. Well, <laughs> but a lame mystery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Danny Masterson and Ashton Kutcher are the brothers on the show and they play brothers in the mid thirties. And essentially it's more like it's a comedy with some drama thrown in. There's a laugh track involved. Um, oh, seriously? There's a laugh track. Yeah, but it's done well. Okay. And, uh, and basically, and they, they don't hold back the cursing whatsoever. They're dropping some F-bombs here and there. Well, that's good. And calling each other dipshit. It's funny. <laughs> so how um, many episodes in are you? Well, there's, I think they posted the first, they call it part one. So I think there's 20 episodes this season. Good God, posted, that's a lot. They've posted 10, I believe. And I've watched, I've watched four. Kate and I watched episode one again the other night. She didn't really care for it too much. Um... But I've watched four, and I think it's funny. They're literally like 30 minutes long each. And essentially what it is, it's called The Ranch because Sam Elliott owns this big, like, 1,600-acre ranch. Mm-hmm. And Danny Masterson uh, has stayed at home the whole time to help his dad on the ranch. And, of course, they're you know, they're losing money because of a drought and on and on and on. I think it takes place in Colorado or New Mexico or something like that. Okay. And uh, Ashton Kutcher is the uh, the son who comes home because he needs a place to stay before he goes and tries out for this semi-pro football team because he, apparently he was uh, the big hero in town back in the high school days because he was the, uh, the hero quarterback that led them to their first state championship. And so he still is holding on to that dream of playing football even though he lets himself get in his own way. And, uh, of course, you know, once he finds out that dad's in trouble, he's going to stick around the ranch. And then, you know, hilarity is supposed to ensue. Such a devoted son. Yeah. With the relationship of, you know, the because it's I, I'm looking at it as a father or son are so alike that they butt heads with each other type of thing because they're the same type of person. Right. And then you have Danny Mashins who's in there for throwing in the little like, you know barbs here and there and, and the little like you know instigations to make them fight with each other and and yeah it's pretty it's pretty good i'll be watching more that's cool i had added it to my queue but i haven't watched it yet yeah it's worth checking out i like the fact that they're 30 minutes and yes there's a long ongoing storyline from one episode to the next but it's not done in such a way that you have to sit and binge watch it all you can just watch one because you have a half hour of time to kill Gotcha. So you can watch one and get a few laughs out of it and then wait a while, throw another episode on sometime later, and you you know you don't feel like you're missing anything. I see. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So that's, any... that's two out of the three shows that you've watched this, new this week. Did you add any new shows this week? Uh, I did. I added two new shows myself. Uh, one was Rush Hour because I had made that deal <sighs> with you that I was going to... I forgot all about that. Wow. I see. Well, I uh, I had promised you that I was going to put aside all my doubts and I was going to sit down and watch this episode I because I forgot about it. It um it wasn't terrible. 
Okay. I would say that. Uh, the two actors that they have are pretty cool people. Yeah. Um, they put just enough of a twist on things. Like, you remember the original Rush Hour? The idea yes, was that the daughter got kidnapped and they had to go and rescue her. And it was important right. to each one of them for their own reasons. This is different. Um, Wendy Malick actually plays the chief of police in this pl- uh, place. She does a good job. Uh, I've always appreciated Wendy Malick and her uh, great yeah. acting skills. But um, this time it's different. Uh, they have kind of weaker reasons to come over to the United States. and So, they're stuff. Not, so it's not like a continuation. They're not already no. joined up. We have it's nope. like an origin story again. Correct. It's an origin okay. story. Uh, also, they changed it up a bit. In this one, uh, Lee's sister is actually around. She we introduced, We're introduced to her in the very first episode. Um and she goes out on a mission that everybody gets killed. So he's got more of a reason to come over here and, and be okay. mad about stuff like that. Uh, it's not bad. It felt like the first episode was kind of a movie in and of itself mm-hmm. uh, and then wrapped up tightly at the end. I think I may watch more of it if I don't have conflict. Okay. Because it just I plan on checking terrible. it out. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, action sequences were good. Yeah. Uh, they tried to throw in a little Jackie Chan type stuff in there, you know, uh, fighting somebody uh, near a statue that's priceless and it starts to topple. So, you know, you got to pick that back up while you're yeah. fighting the guy. But yeah. it wasn't nearly as comical as Jackie Chan can make it. Well, because Jackie Chan is, is a creature into himself. Right, right. No one will be like him. And then the second show that I added this week was uh, – it was actually the second week of it, so I caught up. It's called The Catch, and it's the newest one from Shonda Rhimes who does uh, Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. And it's not a bad show. It's uh, It introduces you to a high-profile private investigation service, and they're opposite kind of. It's this shadowy, weird group of people who are doing evil things and kind of stealing client information and bank account info from the high-profile people um, with the twist that – it's got twists in it. You know, this guy is actually this guy, and he's dating this person, but we don't know that. It's not a bad show. I like some of it. I could see the premise wearing thin pretty quickly because it's all just cat and mouse kind of stuff. And, you know, is she going to find out that he's still around and why is he still around? And, <clears throat> ooh, you know, this could be a scary little thing. And not bad. I, I wouldn't go out of my way to recommend it to anybody, but I did enjoy it. So if you want something that has to deal with con men and private investigators and uh, has some pretty plain looking people in it, yeah, give it a try. It's the catch. Yeah, you're not you're not really selling me on it very well. No, I'm not <laughs> trying to. <laughs> so last night, uh, I threw on Limitless episode one. Excellent. One. And uh, Kate actually had been downstairs. And I'm pretty sure she was getting ready to go to bed when I did, but she got sucked into it as well. <laughs> and apparently, this is going to be a new show that we watch together. Excellent. That turned yeah, out I better really than I liked, thought. I really liked the first episode. I liked what they did. I liked how they brought Bradley Cooper's character from the movie into it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I. It's fun because this first episode is a setup, definitely of who this character is. Yep. And then, of course, the deal with um, the FBI and everything. So it'll be interesting to see because obviously, episode two is going to change going forward. What happens? Right. 
Um, but I'm very proud of my wife. She even brought up the fact. She goes, "Hey, isn't that girl on Dexter?" And I was just like, <laughs> "Yes, oh, yeah, she is. That's Dexter's sister. Yes, that's Deborah Morgan. She's got so, a better um, character in this one. I'll tell you that. Oh, does she? Yes. She had a really bad character in Dexter. Yes, she's she's got a very good character in this. She's still what I call a jagged actress. Yep. Like all of her mouth movements and facial movements are so pointed that it's a little off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it was really good. Yeah. You're definitely right on the money with that's a great show so far. So we're gonna we're gonna start watching it going forward. Outstanding. I look yeah. forward to hearing some of your thoughts on got a, got a lot of catching up to do as well. <laughs> episode nineteen, I realize, but we have Is to, it? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on episode nineteen, so we have a lot of catching up to do. But I'm still, sure you get will it done. Yeah. Yeah, because our other shows are returning here pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, this summer, like uh the final season of Hell on Wheels, which I can't stress how great that is. Never watched it. Oh, we love that show. And then um, Game of Thrones is coming up this month later, a couple yes. weeks. Yes, it is. And then uh, I'm pretty sure uh, When Calls the Heart's coming back right around here somewhere. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's like a Michael Landon-esque, Little House on the Prairie-esque type Canadian show. So I see. Gotcha. We it. Hey, you know what? Stephen Mel was in the original movie, and if Stephen Mel can be in it, then, you know. <laughs> then it's got to be good, right? It's got to be good enough. Good enough. Um <laughs> So I watched another movie this week. Okay. I watched Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Oh, yes. And apparently, essentially what happens is every Pee-wee Herman movie is a world unto itself because it makes it sound like – that doesn't make it sound like he basically straight out states that he's never been on a vacation. He's never lived this little – left this little town that he lives in, which essentially is basically saying, okay, so Pee-wee's Big Adventure never happened. And Big Top Pee-wee never happened? Exactly. If he's hmm. never left this little town that he lives in. But um, basically what happens is Pee Wee Herman, he's a small town guy and um, living in a lonely world. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, very well loved in the town. Actually, he's like the, he's like the cook at a restaurant. Apparently, he's the only cook that's any good there. Does he actually cook or does he use a Rube Goldberg machine to cook? Uh, he actually cooks, but okay. he does have his Pee Wee Herman adventures. Like, <laughs> like the first five minutes is this really long, like. Very unrealistic, you know, invention that he has, like, you know, the game mousetrap type of thing. Yep. Um, but anyway, so he has a chance encounter with uh, Joe uh, Mangiello. Okay. Mangiello, who's playing himself in the movie. <laughs> uh, Who is literally the polar opposite of everything that Paul Rubens is. Exactly. So he's playing himself in the movie, and apparently they quickly become best friends. And so Joe tells Pee-wee he needs to get a life. He needs to get out of this small town and come to New York City for his birthday party. And uh, so Pee-wee decides, all right, I'm going to do this. So it's basically Pee-wee's big adventure, but it's not him looking for his bike. It's him trying to get to Joe's birthday party. And then hijinks ensue along the way. I would imagine so. I mean, it is Pee-wee Herman. Yeah. And uh, there is no tequila bar scene. Ah. But uh, it's good. It's good. Good as in, yeah, I watched that and I'll probably never watch it again. If you like Pee-wee Herman, you're going to like this flick. Okay. And I wouldn't say you watch it again right away, but I mean, it's like when I was a kid and I watched Big uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure or Big Top Pee Wee, I eventually watched it again. And that's probably the same for this. Gotcha. I mean, it's very nostalgic. Yeah. It's very nostalgic, so. Yeah, but it works. Good. I I watched a movie this week. I sat myself down and tried to make it all the way through the vacation movie. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, the re- the requel, you know, reboot yeah. sequel where Rusty's yeah. now taking his family cross country. I couldn't do it. I watched a lot no. of the movie on fast forward and would stop if it looked like anything was happening, but it's ridiculous. The biggest issue for me was the youngest son in the family. They yeah. they wanted to do a riff on the fact that it's always the older sibling who's the bully. And yeah. so they flipped it in this one. The older sibling was like sensitive and he had like, you know, a dream journal and a running stream of thought journal and a daydream yeah. journal and all this stuff. And then the younger brother was the bully, but they made him so over the top. I mean, the kid was like telling his parents to F off and stuff like that. And they'd just be like, oh, stop that. No, yeah. that's bad language. It was ridiculous. And it made my skin crawl. Like, at one point in the movie, and you've seen it in the previews, he actually, in the backseat, throws a plastic bag over his brother's head and is trying to suffocate him. And they make it out into a joke. And the kid's like, I just wanted to see how long it would take you to fall asleep. (laughs) And then throws another plastic bag on his head. Uh, That is a funny line. (laughs) It's a funny line, but, like, if you turned around and you saw one of your kids doing that, I'm sure that you'd have a nice long talk with them about the dangers of suffocation. Yeah. Nope. Not in this case. The Griswolds are just like, nah. and then everything else was just completely over the top and I couldn't handle it. So I failed. I guess there's a, I guess there's a reason why I haven't even taken the time to try to watch it yet. Yep. Don't don't. It's ridiculous. And there's it's, no character development. It's just going to go on my list of movies that I'll never, ever watch with fantastic yeah. four. So. <laughs> Fan four sticker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I took the kids to see Zootopia yesterday. I've heard such good things about that. It's a really good flick. Yeah, the kids loved it. Then my uh, my daughter, she's going to be seven here in May. She got scared at one point and had to jump out of a chair onto me. It was kind of a scary scene. That's but I don't interesting. Know if it was that scary. Yeah, <laughs> but um, well, essentially, it's a Zootopia. It's this utopian world where all animals, prey and predator, live together. And uh, there's something happening that's causing the predators to go, as they call it, savage. Ah. And they go from being civilized to animal beings okay. to becoming their, like, archaic, walking on all four legs, savage beasts again. Gotcha. And uh, they don't, you know, that's that's the mystery of the, of the flick. And, you know, when the panther goes savage, uh, my daughter got really scared. Duly so, noted. But, uh, yeah, otherwise, I mean, it was a really good movie. It's Jason Bateman is Jason Bateman. <laughs> Which is always good when they let yeah, him be himself. He's playing the fox in it, and that is him. And then the scenes with uh, the sloths, like you see in the trailers. <laughs> I, yep. They, they are just as good. Um, definitely worth checking out. And the two of us have worked in um, state public works long enough to know that the sloth scenes are pretty accurate. Those are pretty darn accurate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they are. But yeah, definitely worth uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, I watched the second movie last night. Like I said, yeah. I watched way too much this week. Uh, the Man from Uncle. I had never caught it in theaters. I watched that a while ago. I really liked it. I really liked it as well. I thought that the yeah. uh, humor in it was really good. Yeah. Um, the camera work was great. Guy Ritchie yeah. does a great job with camera work. Guy Ritchie does. The, There's really only been one flick of his I didn't like. Which one? The one with his wife having sex with some weird Asian guy on the uh, Hispanic guy on the beach. I can't think of the name of it. Now, is that the official write-up on IMDb, or is that I don't know. your it's recollection? Madonna has sex with an ugly guy through this entire movie a lot, and it's filmed by her husband, so it's awkward. 
Interesting. No? Yeah. I can't think of the name of it. I'm sure if you went and looked it up. I could look it up now. I'm sitting in front of the computer. I'm not going to. No, I'm glad you're not. Let's just say that The Man from U.N.C.L.E. instead was uh, good. Yes. It was nice and stylish. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see a sequel. Because Me too. I felt that, you know, they kind of set it up at the end that they got the code yeah. name Uncle and this is what we're going to do. Oh, I completely got out of that. That movie, the entirety of that movie was a origin story, if you will, setting up to future movies. Absolutely. Yeah, future movies or even TV shows. If they wanted to do a TV series, they probably couldn't because the stars, you know, they'd have to get different actors. Right. I loved Army Hammer's character because you genuinely thought that this guy was going to kill a lot of people. Me too. Like when he'd get the echoing, you know, the voices echoing in his head and his hands were shaking and he was clenching fists. It was a really good portrayal of somebody who's kind of going off the deep end. I agree. I thought I, I liked that movie a lot. Yep. So that was a lot of fun to watch. Did you know that Joe Bornstein played Napoleon in the original series? <laughs> I did not know that. Not no. Joe Bornstein. Uh, Robert Vaughn, the guy from the Joe Bornstein. <laughs> the guy from the Joe Bornstein. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, not Joe Bornstein, but Robert Vaughn, the guy from the from the Joe Bornstein commercials. He played Napoleon in the original series. That's really weird to think about. Yeah, because all I knew him from was being. You know, Robert Vaughn from the Joe Bornstein commercials. I know him as uh, the bad guy in basketball. Oh, I, that's right. <laughs> I know he's done a lot of stuff, but yeah. I've I seen him like with cameos on Law & Order, the original series and whatnot. Yep. But yeah, I, recently I read somewhere that he played Napoleon in the original series, and I was like, get out. That's so weird because Henry yeah. Cavill is playing the smooth, suave ladies' man, almost the James Bond type. Yes. And to think of Robert Vaughn playing that. Yeah. That's weird. Right? Right? Yeah. Just seems odd. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving <laughs> on then. <laughs> Did you watch anything else movie wise? Uh, no, no more movies. Right. Oh, cool. Let's talk about some trailers. We haven't talked yeah. about trailers ever, and I got yep. a bunch of trailers I want to talk about. Right okay, now. hit me. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel. Uh, I like the first one for the fact that the turtles were kind of like their cartoon characters, but I really hate Megan Fox. I hate Megan Fox as well. Yeah, um, but Steve Mel is Casey Jones. That's pretty awesome. Yes, he would be the one reason that I would watch this movie. I hate yeah. Michael Bay. I hate Megan Fox. Yeah, but I love Stephen Amell. Yeah, um, the Nice Guys. Have you seen the trailer for the movie called The Nice Guys with I, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe? I have. I've seen okay. it multiple times when I went to see Deadpool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I like 1977. The movie takes place in and yep. like their private eyes teaming up to find a missing person. There's lots of fighting. Yeah. There's hijinks and it just it really just genuinely looks good. Like it's kind of nice to see Russell Crowe, I guess, in a major major role again. That's yes. Not really bad. And I liked the humor aspect that they're adding to it. Like when uh, when he grabs Ryan Gosling and he's got him down on the ground. And he's like, now when you talk to your doctor, you're gonna tell him you have a spiral fracture, and then just twist his arm. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Oh, they're at the bar, and, and Brian Gosling's like, yeah, hey, tell me what I want to know, and he'll stop doing it. Doing what? And he just grabs him and slams his face down. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, so I'll definitely I'll watch that at some point. Yes. Um, I saw a trailer for The Legend of Tarzan. Yep, I've seen that as well. I'm, I wasn't too sure about it. Yep. Uh, because it, it it takes place where Tarzan's already left the jungle, but now he has to come back, apparently. But Christopher Waltz is the bad guy, so that kind of sells me that I'll, I will watch it someday. A, a lot of the novels that uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs did will yeah. cover that. You know, he's in civilized space, and yeah. he wants to get back to the jungle because he doesn't like the world of man type of thing. Right. But or, Christopher Waltz, whatever he's doing in the jungle, gives him a reason to come back. Right. 
Um, Star Trek Beyond. I don't really talk about that. I'm just going to say I'm going to go watch that. Yes. Yes, I will be watching that as well. I know there's a lot of criticism out there. I'm worried because of the director. You know, he's famous for his Fast and Furious movies. Um, A lot of people have criticized the fact that Star Trek has always been a diplomatic show. You know, it's not about going out and having big firefights and explosions and stuff. I get that. But if this is the direction that they're going in, I'll still watch it. You know, it still looks okay. The thing is, is like, for me, it's kind of like the man from UNCLE. Uh, the Star Trek, the, those actors playing those characters mesh so well together that I'd love to see them on a TV series. Right. But I know we won't. So, but yeah, I'm definitely going to go watch that. And then there was a, it's not a trailer. They haven't released one yet. It's this movie I heard about. It's called Don't Breathe. Okay. It stars Jane Levy and it's done by the guys that did the Evil Dead flick. So oh, interesting. Together before. And basically, it's a group of teens that break into a blind man's home thinking they'll get away with the perfect crime, and they're wrong. <laughs> dun, dun, dun! <laughs> uh, opens August 26th, but I haven't seen a trailer for it yet. I just saw kind of a poster and a little write-up on it, and it just looks great, and I definitely want to check that out. I see. Do you think that there's been no trailer because it's a blind man? That could affect that, but then there'd be some sort of audio clips released probably. Right, maybe. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, you had something you were going to talk about, so go Yeah, yeah, I saw a full-length trailer now for, uh, Grace Helbig and Hannah Hart are doing a reboot of Electro Woman and Dyna Girl. That looks great. It does look great, and the thing is, I wanted to do some research on it, because obviously I like both of these ladies, they're both great comedians, they're, they're awesome people, and they seem to be very passionate about this, so I did some research, and it turns out that the original Electro Woman and Dinah Girl was a Sid and Marty Croft production. Yep, yep. 1976. Yes. So, before we were really watching TV like that. Yeah, and it got canceled after like one season. Um, but they only, the episodes were only, I think like eight or 12 minutes. Yeah. They weren't very long because it was part of like some sort of longer overall TV show. Right. Right. And Sid and Marty Croft, of course, had some great stuff. Um, yeah. Sigmund, the sea monster, HR puff and stuff, a lot of different things that were really, really creepy, but kind of cool. Yeah. And um, I guess in 2001, they tried yes, to reboot yes. the series and yeah, they had with, an unaired pilot that I watched on YouTube. Yeah, so you can watch it on YouTube and it stars Marky Post. Yes. Electro Woman, which I was just like, what? And, and as a uh, like, sex crazed, drinking, smoking, yeah. drugging Electro Woman who's kind of over it all. It's Yeah, I say it's a completely different take on what the original series was. And this new one seems to be back towards what the original series was about yeah two people who have day jobs but then they dress up like this and they have gadgets that are reminiscent of like batman in the 60s and uh who go out there and make a difference and want to become famous and popular for that yes well we're gonna have to wrap it up here uh in a few minutes because my one-year-old just came downstairs and i'm sure there's gonna be some volume issues that i'm not gonna be able to control i see um, so he's walking downstairs already. That's amazing. Well, well, we bought him his first pair of sneakers, so he is already, you know, he's he's walking, but nice. uh, just not down the stairs. But oh. anyhow, I do want to touch on Batman versus Superman real quick. Okay. I did not go watch it. Nor did However, I. I have more ammunition as to why I think I probably will never watch it. <laughs> I could do an entire show on all the ammunition I have, but go right ahead. Max Landis hates it, which I know a lot of people don't like Max Landis, but he just authored a seven-issue miniseries called Superman American Alien that's probably 
been heralded as one of the best like Superman stories we've seen in a long, long, long time. Right. And I'm reading it, comic book that is, I'm reading it. It's really, really, really good. Um, so the fact that he, it's just to him, it's not a Superman movie. It's not a Batman movie. It's not a superhero movie. He doesn't really get it, but he didn't have a lot to say about it. You can go on his uh, YouTube page to listen to his entire quote, but basically he didn't like it. Gotcha. Kevin Smith didn't like it. Kevin Smith hated it. Yeah, Kevin Smith said the only thing that was good about it was the thing that everyone dreaded the most, which was Affleck as Batman. And he described it as the least terrible part of the movie. Yes, and he, it doesn't even like he liked Affleck as Bruce Wayne. He no. just liked Affleck as Batman. Exactly, because he said that Batman actually moved through practical yes. effects and right. moves her suit. Yeah, exactly. But he, one of the things that really annoyed the crap out of me about it, which I didn't – obviously I didn't see it, but I read about this recently, was they killed Jimmy Olsen in the movie. They killed Jimmy Olsen as a joke. Yeah. Zack Snyder said, yeah, exactly. we looked at the big picture and we yeah. couldn't really see him being in the big DC universe. So we exactly. figured we'd have some fun with him. Yeah, exactly. Right. So they kill him. And the fact is, you don't even know it's him in the movie, because first of all, OK, he's in the beginning of the flick with Lois Lane, apparently in Africa. They break his camera. They find a bug inside. He's apparently a CIA operative and they execute him. Right. Right away. But we don't even know it's Jimmy Olsen. Until because the, the scene where he scene. introduced himself as Jilly Olsen is cut from the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Ridiculous. So they, yeah. So they killed an iconic character in the Batman universe. I mean, in the Superman universe, just kind of on a, a whim because, well, we didn't see anything for him. So we're just not going to have him. And that's the don't thing. have him then. In the movie, like yeah. you said, you don't know who he is. So he's just another cameraman. And they could have left it at that. But no, yeah. they specifically went out of their way to yeah. murder him. Yeah. And make, sure, yeah. and make sure that we know that it's Jimmy Olsen. Right, exactly. I mean, like with Robin, they just say, okay, Robin's dead. That's right. sort of some sort of motivation for Batman in this flick, I guess. Right. But I don't know. There's just Those are just four of the things that make me go like, I really don't want to watch this movie. And I don't care about watching this movie. Right, right. Uh, like I said, I could do an entire show. I've been yeah. reading a lot of the people's reports that say, I don't understand this about them. And they'll, yeah. you know, they're like 20 different listicles that say, you know, this point and this point, And they sound like the same arguments I would have made coming exactly. out. So, again, just more reasons why I don't want to watch the movie. I mean, even the guys that I know that were really excited to watch it, one of them, Todd, he's flat out said, I hated Batman vs. Superman. And yet, just like with Jurassic World, it's making money, hand yeah. over fist. Yeah. And that people are still me. going, yeah, it does, because it just encourages them to do more. Yes. Well, look what they're doing with Suicide Squad. All of a sudden now, they're going back and doing reshoots on Suicide Squad. Yeah. yeah. And they so, have their alleged reasonings for doing it, but still, and they're trying to make it more funny, which I thought the DC world was supposed to be dark and brooding and not funny. The one thing that I've heard over and over again about Batman vs. Superman is that there's literally no humor, no light, no hope. Yeah. It's yeah. just all dark and downer. So why are they taking Everyone Suicide is dark Squad? And down. Making Superman's it funny. a downer. Batman's a downer. You know, a lot of people really liked Wonder Woman, like Gail Godot as Wonder Woman in the movie, but she's apparently a very minor character in the movie, less than so what the trailer shows us. I'm more excited to see her in her own movie than yeah. to see Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I will watch the movie at some point, maybe, but I'm definitely not going to spend money on it in the theater. Exactly. If it comes out free on Netflix or HBO, yeah, sure. I'll yeah. watch part of it and probably throw up and then watch the rest of it and throw up some more. You know, we should really just watch it together. Oh, we should do that. Let's when plan on that. the opportunity arises for us to watch it, we should definitely watch it together. And then we could do a special episode of What Did You Watch This Week that just covers how terrible the movie is. Yep. Yep. I think that's a plan. Excellent. So we'll that in the future at some point. That's right. 
unknown date and time. <laughs> so cool. Well, hey, I think that covers everything I want to get going on. Excellent. Yeah, I think that pretty much covers me too. Sweet. Sounds good. Uh, sorry we ran out of time. Ash vs. Evil Dead. We'll uh, have you on next week. <laughs> right there with Matt Damon. Yeah, right there with Matt Damon. <laughs> so cool. Hey, well, thanks for listening. Uh, Mike Labby. You can find me on uh, Twitter at SuperstarML. And I'm and, John. And you can find me on Twitter at the Quantum Geek. That's G33K. And the show has their own Twitter. It's uh, at What Did You Watch? So uh, thanks for listening to episode four. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.